we're, and we're, this is what the witch's Sabbath was. It is world class paganism. <laughs> if it, I mean, those are that's a committed well, paganism. Oh, let's do that. Classical rebellion. rebellion. John, what are we doing tonight? Well, welcome to the. Rebellion Headquarters. Rebellion Headquarters. And we're here to give you a complete uh, rundown of forthcoming events. So we're going to start in Central Europe via Monterey. So we're going <laughs> to we're going to get we're going to go to Central Europe, but we're going to go through Monterey, California, to get there. That's right. Yeah, because Monterey Symphony has their opening concert coming up. Let me and make you know sure. what? We know the way to Monterey. We do know the way to Monterey. Is it San Jose? San For Jose. our purposes, no. it's okay. Monterey. Uh, October 19 and 20, 2019, they have their first concert of the season. And the programming is Hector Berlioz. The Roman, Roman Carnival Overture, Le Carnaval Romain. Antonin Dvorak, Romance for Violin and Orchestra. And a fantastic symphony. A fantastic symphony. The Symphonie Fantastique. Fant with the Witch's Sabbath. That's right. There's lots to talk about about that. There's piece. a lot to talk about. But let's talk about Encoda. Well, that's right. A word about our sponsors. Encoda is an app that you can use on an iOS device or Android. And it only has, right now, I think, I mean, it's pretty, it's limited to, limited to about 110,000 pieces of music. Or another way to express that limitation is about 30 million pages of music. That's right. So you can explore 30 million pages of music for $9.99 per month. I think it's a. I'm enjoying it immensely. And you have publishers, but these are these are fresh scores. They're not like uh, uh, not, not like IMSLP scores right. with markings on them that have been scanned. These are these are fresh digital scores from Baron Riders, yep. from Boozy and Hawks. Uh, right? Yeah, I think yeah, Boozy. Yeah, yeah Ricordi. And Novella, major yeah. major publishers in the business, you do see a lot more people using their digital devices in in lieu of a score. I mean, you can write on it, you can make notes on it with it with yeah. an electronic pen device. Um, I love my my paper scores, but it's uh, we're we're moving in a different You're direction. You're getting turned. At the You're getting turned. We're moving in a different yeah. direction. So in Coda, in Coda, uh, give it a try. N K O D A. So I think. John, hmm? the mayor of Monterey is probably going to be at this concert. This or is it? Concert. Or is it the? I'm I think, thinking the viceroy of Nueva España. I mean, it is Monterey after all. <laughs> oh no, okay, different Monterey. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, the mayor of Monterey. Yeah. I'm guessing. If I were to venture a guess, I would say the mayor of Monterey is going to be at the one of these two opening concerts in October. I hope so. But I want visual. Um, reinforcement, not, not just confirmation. We're not the, you know, we're not trying to shame anyone. No, but we're but we definitely. If if the mayor, if the leader of the city is there supporting the arts, I think the world should know about it. Government, via, government leaders supporting the arts yeah. can be a bit like tales of the yeti, though. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see it <laughs> like for once. See it. Yeah. I want to see it. Yes. So hashtag Monterey Mayor on Instagram. Let's see if we can get... Let's make this a campaign. 25... Get yeah. American mayors out to the begin opening of the symphony concert. Yeah. Because the it symphony matters. season. To have a beautiful community, you need beautiful music. So share this. Email the link to your mayor. Well, you're a big fan of the Roman Carnival Overture. 
I am. I think. I am. Uh, I, it's a very interesting piece. Um, I, I, I would venture to say that, you know, you have the, 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 the morning scene at the beginning of the overture right. that Rome is waking up, and then you have this, the, these two wonderful gusts of wind, these piccolo roulades going off, you know, and then coming back. And I really Roulade. think... I know it's a roulade. It's a great. I don't know if you. That's a horn term. I don't know okay, if you can maybe just apply it to piccolos. Okay. But anyway, um, I would venture to say that there has not been, or there was not, another more evocative depiction of a breezy gust of wind between that orchestral gesture in 1844 mm -hmm. and Benjamin Britten's Sea Interludes uh, from the opera Peter Grimes, the music depicting the Suffolk seashore. And you can just see, the, if you can feel the salt in the wind blowing the grass yeah. you know, over the dunes of right. Suffolk, it's absolutely evocative. Yeah. And so is that. And I think that ha it relates to Berlioz's music. Berlioz has a breezy quality in his music that is undeniable. Yeah. He is. Yes. He moves like Absolutely. the. He moves like the wind. Yeah. And with the sudden, I mean, if you want, if you want to go a little further, uh, if you were watching a murmuration of starlings, mm -hmm. uh, and the way either a group of birds in flight or a large group of fish will just change directions on a dime, like like this. Right. Berlioz's music does yeah. that. It's chimeric. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and I think it's a wonderful way to start a season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bravo, Juan Monterey, programming wise. I think oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a great program. It's yeah. a great program. The, it, what a lot of people don't know, I think, about the, about the Roman Carnival is that it, it, it was premiered six years after his opera Benvenuto Cellini and takes music from that rather unsuccessful opera. Mm -hmm. um, uh, which, this is still early, early Berlioz. This yeah. is Opus Number Nine. Yeah, it's it's. And what was? Yeah, that's right. Cellini was was Opus. Benvenuto Cellini was Opus Three. Okay. Uh, he set right out with trying to do big things, but the Roman Carnival. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's a it's hu always been hugely successful, yeah. and uh, what rhythmically vital and 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 with with sudden outbursts, very Italianate in that way. Yeah. You know? I mean, well, he'd spent three years. Unpredictable Italian. Yes, he'd spent three years in Rome after winning the Prix du Rome. Uh, at the Paris Conservatoire, right? You know, they would send the the winner of that prize to Rome to the Medici Villa in Rome for three years. And there, you, Debussy went. There's a ton of uh, French composers who went and did that. Another interesting thing about about the opera Benvenuto Cellini is it's an example of a piece like Carmen later, which mm -hmm. started out as an opera comique. Uh, the, the libretto was composed and proposed and rejected, and so hmm. they morphed it into an opera. Ah. Uh, into an uh, opera semiseria. Got it. And uh, the opera was not successful, but the music clearly was worth keeping yeah. because he made a lot out of it. Yeah. And then so, we're on to Dvorak Romance for violin. The, the violinist here is the uh, concertmaster of the Monterey Philharmonic. We'll be playing the solo. Uh, Christina Mock, I believe, or Mok? M-O-K. Mok, I, I guess. Yeah. I, I, uh, the, the Dvorak... Um, I mean, Dvorak is just lovely. Yeah. I mean, he has a lyric gift mm -hmm. that is so Central European and and heart yeah. heartfelt, yeah. but slightly modal. It goes always going from the major down to major down to the relative minor and back to major. Mm -hmm. It makes you. It's, 
it creates a longing and nostalgia, like a, a nostalgia for something you you never even really maybe experienced. But it's just well, you can feel the deep woods yeah. of Central Europe in in uh, Dvorak's music. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it's there. There's a richness. Yeah. Um, and you were saying this this borrows. It's another borrow. That the the main. Oh, uh, well, yeah. the, the main melody is taken from uh, uh, one of the melodies in the uh, the string quartet number five yeah. in and F minor. If, if you'll recall uh, my conversation with the Miro quartet, and I asked which quartet should we explore as audience members that, that would kind of get passed over, they said Dvorak. Besides the American, the Dvorak right. string quartets are where we should be living for a little bit. Well, we'll... we'll and based we'll, on this romance... I would say I have to agree. Well, it's again, this is his lyric gift. Yeah. Let's talk about that Symphony Fantastique. What a fantastic symphony. It really is. Um, a little bit based on truth. If oh, you, absolutely if based on truth. I mean, because when Berlioz was in Rome, <laughs> the woman that was his, in his mind, well, he fell in became love. engaged to someone else. He fell in love with Harriet Smithson. Right. And he fell for her really, really hard. Yeah. And she she was an actress, Shakespearean actress doing Hamlet in Paris. He fell really hard, wrote this, she, 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 he wrote letters to her. She wouldn't answer the letters. She never met him. He, he, he then writes this piece, right. absolutely devastated with love. And, uh, and I'm sure- But in, in between, she's- And in between- engaged and he leaves Rome disguised as a peasant woman procures a firearm and is going to kill <laughs> the betrothed of his beloved and that's where he doesn't do it right he, he stops he never gets there uh, and, and becomes a story for posterity but this idea of this trip he goes on about marching to the gallows and all of that is I'm sure it was going through his head that okay if like, I do he's this he's really actually contemplating murder he's on the road to murder well <laughs> this is who Hector Berlioz was the, the the piece itself is you know uh, is, is described as being proto-psychedelic because he's, yeah, he supposedly wrote it under, had the vision of it under the under the influence of laudanum, you know, yeah, opium. opium yeah. And uh, I mean, Bernstein said about it that uh, he said Berlioz got it right. You take a trip, and you wind up crying at your own funeral. <laughs> and that's that's the whole sub. Yeah. That's that's the the what do they call it? The the Schenkerian analysis, the condensed analysis of right. the trajectory yeah. of the Symphony Fantastique. Yeah. Um, of course, the march to the gallows, the famous yeah. use of the dies irae. Mm -hmm. How da, old is that? Thousand years? Oh, probably about. Yeah. It's. I don't think it's ancient. Ancient. It's probably as a chant. As a chant piece, it's probably from just after the millennium. Okay. Around then, but it, it's something that has been used in so many other. It as a cantus firmus. Uh, you it, know, it below sneaks, other melodies. It sneaks into the um, Rhapsody on a Theme by Paganini, by Rachmaninoff. Yeah, he used it. Yeah. Um, and in order to give it its this this drug infused, psychedelically tripping character, as 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 he's preparing to preparing to go to his death for mm -hmm. his beloved up the right. gallows, it's the interesting thing that 
you, you won't hear this if you go to the concert because we don't use this instrument anymore. But it's usually played in the low brass like like trombones. Berlioz had it played on an instrument called an ophicleida. And an ophicleida is like a combination of a brass instrument and a saxophone. And it has a very nasal quality. So ah, it was very like, psychedelic. Yeah. And you can hear it if you listen to the Roger Norrington recording with ah. the London classical players. Okay. He uses original instruments, narrow bore brass, and ophicleidas. And it's creepy. I mean, it's really a great piece for Halloween. I want to talk about the Witch's Sabbath because the Witch's Sabbath is a part of that right. procession. And what a Witch's Sabbath is. Now, I'll first state that there's no evidence anywhere that a Witch's Sabbath actually ever occurred. However, this if it is, did. If it did, this is what would happen. This was night. This is the night on the Bald Mountain. Is also right. uh, Val, describing. Yeah, describing a um, Witch's Sabbath. So the the witches would make their brew on the mountaintop or in the woods, deep in the woods, and they would brought a, um, a kid with a baby goat, a young adolescent goat with them. And as they're becoming ecstatic, Satan himself, Lucifer, would come and inhabit the goat and then choose the woman of, of his pleasure. And she would come service him. And this we're, is not what talking about, just, we're not talking yeah, about like washing not, the windshield and yeah, kicking the, changing, right. you know, checking the tires. I think you know what I'm talking about. I just, you know. This is a full service. A, a lot of people of respect classical music, but we love classical music. <laughs> so if we come off as disrespectful, please understand we love yeah, okay. this art form. We're, and we're, this is what a witch's Sabbath was. It is world-class paganism. <laughs> if it, I mean, those are that's a committed well, that, paganism. To not say, even just paganism. Lucifer Satanism. has inhabited this goat, and now this goat is going to. Well, <laughs> that's why you know the 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 why Mussorgsky's piece is so great. It is. You know, yeah. I mean, it, what a depiction. But I mean, and, and there, but this is another one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it, it begins. Uh, it, it begins with a flurry and it becomes, you know, tempestuous and in so quietly in this, you know. Yeah. But another thing about the, the Symphony Fantastique, though, that's worth mm -hmm. noting is that it has a sequel. It has a sequel called Lelio, really? which is a musico-dramatic piece for narrator and soloists and orchestra. It lasts about an hour. And, hmm. and he wrote it in about 1843 or four because Berlioz ended up marrying Harriet Smithson. She, she did meet him. She was impressed. She, came, she heard the piece, came to understand that this guy's a genius and right. a heck of a composer. They got married. It didn't work. Um, and, but, but there was a subsequent really? piece. It didn't work. It didn't work. Somehow or another, that just didn't he's work just out. He's just going to stay married to... Well, you know, you the know, guy who he's a, he's goes in, into disguise and leaves. He's in there composing yeah. all night long, and she's going, you know, Hector, when you get a minute, uh, and <laughs> you know, mm, and uh, composing you know, with the opium. Yeah, but Lelio was not successful, but he groups it clearly hmm. with the Symphonie Fantastique. It's called. Uh, it, it's uh, its subtitle is the Return to Life, and. It, it's how he gets over it, came to uh, assuage himself with literature and music, 
and then to find peace. And so he finds his solace he finds and solace. redemption through art. The arts. Sound familiar? Hector was it's what an, we're trying to do. I'm advocate. telling you, I don't want to know who I am without classical music. It would. I'm not kidding. I know who I am with classical music, and sometimes yeah. it scares me. Yeah, but right. anyway, um, anyway, uh, definitely. That's, that's a, a that's a solid opening concert to any season. Oh heck, there's there's lots in it. Yeah. It's got this. And if you want to hear, if you want to hear the conclusion, you go home, you put on YouTube, you look up Lelio, and you listen to it. There you and go. it's all, it's all on there. And see what uh, what Hector had to say. See about if you it. become redeemed via. And you find peace. Yeah, that's right. Okay.